You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Amen. Praise God as you're seated. Open your Bible at Matthew chapter 16. We've been talking about the anointing. And like any subject, if you may have been raised traditionally in a form of church or any other form of religion, we understand that we do serve a living God. He is a supernatural God. He created a natural world within the supernatural realm. It's not that, yeah, we have a natural world and over there somewhere is the supernatural. No, we are within, contained within God's kingdom, within His world. And so when He created us, He put us in this earth with the purpose of walking in relationship with Him, to have dominion over all the works of His hands. And we understand that through the fall, through sin, man lost that. But praise God, Jesus was sent by the Father to get it back. Hallelujah. And He did. And then Jesus walked in the earth and demonstrated that kingdom. He walked not as God, but as man. He still is God. He always, you can't take that away from him. Even the word Emmanuel means God with us. But when he came to the earth, he came in the likeness of a man. Philippians says he emptied himself of that power as God. And he walked in the earth as a man. Why? He wants to demonstrate how the first Adam should have lived. Because he's called the last Adam. And in the earth, when he walked in the earth, he constantly revealed this kingdom in a way that the disciples were aware of it. Not once did he ever tell the disciples until it was necessary that he was the son of God. He always spoke about himself as the son of man. Why? Because he said, what you see me doing, you will do also. He often said that. If you see me do it, you will do the same things and greater. How's that possible? Well, if you understand how the kingdom works and how Jesus intends for it to work, it says here in Matthew chapter 16, he was discussing with his disciples about what are men seeing? What are they recognizing? Who do they say that I am? And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? What, what is it that you're experiencing? Because I'm teaching and I'm demonstrating. What's that revealing? And then verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Remember, at this stage, Jesus is flesh and blood as well. So he's, he's saying, even I didn't tell you that. No, one's, no one told you that in the natural. Where did you get your information? My Father who is in heaven revealed it to you. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell itself shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you, bind, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, family God, I want to be a part of that church. I said, I want to be a part of the church that has authority and is able to demonstrate God's kingdom Amen. that heaven will back up. Amen. Jesus said, if we understand what he's describing here, heaven will back you up. Didn't one of his prayers when the disciples said, teach us how to pray? He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let us get to your kingdom as quick as possible. That's how some Christians pray. Oh, Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, take us away. No way, you won't find that anywhere in your Bible. That's a, that's a prayer of panic. Why? You've been sent into the earth for a purpose. And Jesus said the prayer is, let it be done on earth. How? Very similar to. As it is in heaven as it is in heaven. In other words, reflect heaven in the earth. 
That's God's purpose for us being here, is to demonstrate that in a world of chaos, where the enemy has ruled and reigned, where the Bible calls him the God of this world, where the curse is running rife, Jesus is demonstrating in the midst of that, you have authority to take control over demonic spirits, over creation itself, the weather. You can multiply bread, food, fish, whatever you need, heal diseases, cause blind eyes to open, deaf ears to hear, mute speak. He went so far as to raise people from the dead. Yeah, that was Jesus. Hang on. He said, you will do the same works I did and greater. Did he say that? How's that possible? He revealed something here to Peter. He said, you've picked on up something that no one had to tell you. You saw something demonstrated. You've heard from my father. Notice what Peter said. You are the Christ. And Jesus said, on this concept, on this revelation, I will build my church. Now we can understand why there's so much religion out there, but we haven't seen any change in our world. Because if Jesus is not involved, then it's not going to work. The Bible says they labor in vain unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. It is possible to build without the Lord involved. So how's the Lord going to be involved if he's the one building the church? He says, if he builds it, hell itself can't stop it. Doesn't matter what comes against the church. If Jesus is the one building it, no hell can stop it. Well, Jesus in his own physical body, as he walked here almost 2,000 years ago, he's not actually planting and building churches anymore. He's not the one physically preaching anymore. So how's he going to do that? And he said, yes, the revelation. Not only did you see me as Jesus... You didn't just see me as the Son of God. You said, I am the Christ. Now, we've already studied it. But for the sake of those that might have missed it, get, you need to get the previous messages. We're going to great detail with the word study. But the word Christ is actually a Greek word. It should have been translated through as the anointed one. Because even when the word says, this is the Christ translated from Messiah. That word Messiah is a Hebrew word. And that word Hamashiach means the anointed one. And the anointed one is because of the anointing. And that anointing is what Jesus is referring to here. That you, that's what Peter said. He didn't say you are Jesus Christ. And that's very often what happens if we don't understand the anointing. It reflects through that, well, Christ is just another name for Jesus. And it's not. It is a description of who he is. He is Jesus, the Christ. And put that into English, he is Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. That's what he said in Luke chapter 4 when he came to Nazareth in verse 16, where he had been brought up as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book at Isaiah 61, he read, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, another word that we translate through, that's not just a religious word. The word gospel means good news. Everybody say good news. And you'll see every time from there on when the disciples refer to the gospel, they speak of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Everybody say the gospel of Christ. What's that talking about? The gospel, the good news of the anointed one. What's that doing? He's anointed me too. You've been anointed for purpose. There's a reason for the anointing. To preach good news to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How's that gonna happen? With this anointing. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. How? By this anointing. Recovery of sight to the blind. How? By the anointing. No man can fix an eyesight unless they try and do it medically. But to be able to do a miracle, it's going to take this anointing. 
to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who oppress, oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And you notice from that day on, from that moment, he went out from that place and started performing miracles. You start to see all the miracles happen. Right up to that point, go and do a Bible study. You can see there's no miracles in Jesus' life until this moment when he says, now I'm anointed. And then you see the miracles happen. So of course, he turned that around and he said in Luke 24 verse 49, he said, behold, I send the promise my father upon you, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power on and high. Remember he told the disciples once Peter revealed you the Christ, he said, don't go and tell anybody. Why? Because you're not yet empowered to do that. The anointing can only be received when someone understands that anointing. It's important to know. This will help answer a lot of queries. You know, sometimes people will try and challenge the word of faith and they'll say, well, if you, you, know, if you really believe in miracles, why don't you just go into the hospital and empty all the beds? Well, the reason is because the anointing can only be received by someone who believes it. You'll see it happen in Jesus' life. Often, often, a blind man came to him, said, Lord, that I can see. He says, do you believe I can do this? Yes, okay, then according to your faith. And you'll see, he went to his own hometown, and the Bible says he could do no mighty work there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Jesus the miracle-working Jesus, the anointed Jesus, could not just push that anointing on somebody. It has to be received. So to speak of the anointing, you can talk about it as just a word, and that's very often what all dead religion is, is you're just hearing words. They may even read from the good book, but all you're hearing is just another good idea. But if you want to hear a word that'll transform your life, change your life, never be the same, remove burdens, destroy yokes, it has to come from an anointed heart. Someone who understands the anointing can administer spirit to spirit. How often have you heard a word when you're listening, you think that man is talking straight to me. It's like he, he watched me last week. Go, how do you know that? Now that's not, the man wouldn't be able to do that. That's the Holy Spirit. And he has a way of taking the words, how you can fill a house like this, where you've got people all over Cape Town, all over the Western Cape meeting together, and every single person is getting something different. I'm, I'm saying the same words to every person, and yet someone going, that's what I needed. That answered me. That encouraged me. That, and it's, everyone's getting a different message out of the same physical words, the natural words. What's happening? There's a spirit within those words. What's that? That's the anointing at work. That's the anointing at work. And that anointing in your heart as you're receiving it is removing burdens and destroying yokes. As you're listening, faith is rising in your heart. Why? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. His words are more than sounds. They are spirit. Praise God. And so he's telling them, you are now going to, remember his last instruction was go preach the gospel to all creation. That's the good news, but you need to be anointed for that. And the he's telling them, you wait till you receive this power. Because that's exactly how Jesus operated on the earth. Because then they went out, Acts chapter 10, they went and proclaimed the same gospel, the same good news. And verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, how did God anoint Jesus? Remember, the anointing in the old covenant was when you poured oil over somebody. That was the anointing, was in that oil. 
But that was a type and shadow because we were coming into the new covenant. And yeah, we see when Jesus was baptized, John even said he saw the Holy Spirit come on, me, come on him like a bird landing on him. And so something happened in Jesus' life that was tangible. What was that? How God anointed. Yeah, it was when he became the Christ, the anointed one. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. So we've learned that the anointing is not a thing. It's no longer just oil. The anointing is a person. That's the Holy Spirit. Say that. The anointing is a person. That's the Holy Spirit. And that anointing came upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And with power, and what happened? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. Who God? The anointing. Because of the anointing, he could remove burdens and destroy yokes. Hallelujah. So this is fulfilling what he read in Luke chapter 4. He said, today it's fulfilled. I, I, I'm now going into this ministry of the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. God himself gave. Everybody say gave. Now if you give somebody, what do they receive? A gift. These are your gifts. Amen. Amen. Now God gave you. This is his gift out of love into your life. Amen. Gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Now, who are the saints? Those are really old people and then they died and, you know, and then find out they did a miracle and no, 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 no. See, again, things are lost in the traditional religiosity of the word. Saint does not mean a perfect person in their own natural ability. Who, you know, uh, who do you think I'm a saint? The word saint, translated, means a sanctified one. Now, sanctify is another big English word, but you go look it up, it simply means to set apart. To set apart. So when you were born again, the Bible says that you were transferred out of the world of darkness into the kingdom of of his son. You were transferred out of darkness and you were set apart into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. So you have been set apart. You've been sanctified. Saint means a sanctified person. Let me see how many of you are born again. Lift up your hand. Say, Praise God. Because I'm born again. I've been set apart. That means I'm sanctified. That means I'm a saint. Tell the person, hi, I just want to introduce myself. I am Saint Alan. Amen. What's that mean? You set apart. It's not something special. I'm, I'm no saint. No, you are. I'm not talking about your actions. God chose you, paid the price for you, took you out of darkness and put you in his kingdom. That means you're sanctified. So point at that word in your Bible and say, that is me. You'll be amazed how often you show up in this book. You are written into the word. What's the reason for the word? To reveal God, his nature and to reveal you. Doesn't the word say that the Bible, the word of God is a mirror? Well, what's a mirror for? When you look in a mirror, what do you see? 
<laughs> you see yourself looking back at you, isn't that right? And that's God showing you who you really are. Not what the world says you are, not the devil trying to tell you. I don't care what teacher, what any, anybody try to run you down, try and break you or say stupid things about who you are. You finding out in the Word of God who Jesus says you are. The Word of God declares who you are. So I'm not even moved by what I think or feel. I'm going to choose His Word. And if He says, in Him you are, in Him you are, in Him you are, that's who I are. That may be bad grammar, but you got it. <laughs> Say, in Him, I am everything He says I am. So you are the saint He's talking about. So the purpose of these five manifestations, these five gifts, are to equip you. For what reason? To do the work of the ministry. Now, what is the work of the ministry? To remove burdens and destroy yokes. That's the purpose of the anointing. The anointing oil removes burdens and destroys yokes. Jesus said, for this purpose, the Son of Man has come, to destroy the work of the enemy. So that's you now. I said, that's you. For the edifying, the building up, the development of the body of Jesus. No. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. See, Jesus is called the head of the body. Now, of course... Jesus, the head of the body. I mean, you know, when I walk in, you don't say, yes, Alan and his head. <laughs> or Alan and the rest of his body. This is all Alan. Isn't that right? So Jesus is the head, but that makes his whole body his. But I want you to listen to the wording. The anointing of, translate and meditate. The edifying of the body of the anointed one and his anointing. The body of the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, we say Jesus comes into heart, but how you know right now the actual physical body, Jesus right now in a flesh and bone body. Isn't that right? When he showed up to his disciples, he said, handle me. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bone like I do. So when he went to heaven, what happened? They watched him bodily ascend. And then, where's he now? Seated where? At the right of the Father. He is somewhere tangibly. He didn't become a, uh, or an angel playing a harp or, you know, a little. No, he's Jesus. He's still Jesus. Right now, if you went into the spirit realm, the spirit realm is as tangible in the realm of the spirit as what this natural world is to your natural body. Now, why do you think he can sit on his throne? He doesn't float on it. He sits. Why? If you walked up to someone in the realm of spirit, spirit can touch spirit as much as any. You're getting this. So he right now, if you walked up to Jesus, when you, the moment you leave this body, you transfer into that realm. You can walk up to Jesus and put your fingers in those holes just as good as Judas did on this earth. Not Judas. Thomas. Thomas did on this earth. So that's Jesus. So we say, Jesus come into my heart. We know what we're saying. But technically, who is it that gets you saved? For by grace you saved by faith. But how's that done? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit moves into your life. What's that Holy Spirit? Who is He? The anointing. So the same anointing moves into your life. So now that anointing is in you, the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you are the body of the anointed one. We are the bodies in the earth. Just as much as Jesus in one human form carried the fullness of the anointing, now we together corporately carry that exact same anointing. Amen. That exact same anointing. It's not the type A Holy Spirit for Jesus and we get type B. 
same Holy Spirit. Say that, the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus and went about doing good, healing all by power of God, that same Holy Spirit dwells in my heart. Now he's not there just to make you feel good. He's not just there for goosebumps. Why? I'm anointed to. There's a purpose for the anointing. Not like a holding tank till we get you to heaven one day. No, He is the Holy Spirit in you just as much as He was in Jesus. Notice verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of the anointed one. So these five gifts are given to train and equip us until we fully manifest Christ the way Jesus did. The fullness of Christ. Now we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we seeing that in the earth yet? Maybe here and there in pockets, but I'm talking about corporately. Is the church operating at the level Jesus did when he was in the earth? Not yet. Not yet. I'll put it to you. Could it be because we've made a religious word out of Christ and we say we preach Christ, yet we deny healing. We preach Christ, yet we deny miracles. We preach Christ, yet we deny his prosperity. We preach Christ, yet we deny. We have a form of godliness, but deny the power. It's time for the church to awaken to who they are, to the fullness of this power. And we'll never see it until we believe it. But praise God for His Word, because He's given us this fivefold ministry to stir us up to say, yes, I'm anointed, but I'm not just anointed to give you a great message on a Sunday. I'm yet to stir up that anointing in your life that when you walk out, you're empowered and equipped to know the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. Because we're saying this fullness of Christ. Now remember in Jesus, the Word of God tells us that he, he was given the Spirit, but without, with, without measure. In other words, he got, got, received the fullness of it. Now you see, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, those are manifestations of anointings. Jesus fully demonstrated it. While he was in the earth, he walked in the fullness of this anointing. You can just go through it very quickly. I'm going to just give you some scriptures you can write fast. Uh, the first one, apostle, everybody say apostle. That's another word that if it was translated correctly, we wouldn't be arguing over it. That people, who made you an apostle? I didn't. Jesus sent me. I said, Jesus sent me. Yeah, but how can you say apostle? Well, what does the word mean? Translate it. Translate. What is the word apostle? It, it doesn't mean general. Apostle Allen. See, people have misused it. You know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that wants to sound important makes himself an apostle. No, that, that, that's not a title. It's not mean you're in charge or you're this big man. No, the word in the Greek means sent one. Everybody say sent one. Now, I have to ask you, did Jesus send me to Cape Town? So in the Greek, I'd say sent one. Now, if I was speaking Greek, I'd have to say apostolos. I apologize if that gets someone upset, but in Greek, it's apostolos. I'm not even, are you with me? And then you take apostolos and put it into the English in this Bible, it's apostle. Go look it up. So it's, it, it's some, if, if you're sent, you better be doing. It's not to have a title and have people carry you, have 20 people around you, bodyguards. No, that's not what it's not. It, it, you're sent to do a work. 
And if you're doing a work, you're going to grow leaders. If you're growing leaders, you're going to plant churches. If churches are planting, then you're going to equip disciples to do what you're doing. And they're going to equip disciples. Their churches are going to grow and multiply. And their churches are going to plant churches. You need to see. If you someone says, this is an apostle, I want to look around and see where the other churches, who are you involved with, where you've been sent to. You're a sent one, not come and stay, get a microphone and sound important. No, it's a message. It's a sent message. You need to be on the move. You need to be out there doing work, growing, increasing, making disciples. Someone say amen. So that's what an apostle is. Now, have we yet reached the fullness of Christ? We've already established we've agreed not yet. That means we still need Apostles, God's still sending people to do the work. So there's no pride involved in it whatsoever. Someone says, oh, I don't think you're an apostle. Then call me Alan. Because my mother never called me apostle. She called me Alan. People say, what do I call you? Call me what my mother called me. Worked for most of my life. It's not about title. You're getting this. Now, what happens when we recognize the gift? When we recognize the gift, we receive it. You can't receive what you don't recognize. See, people that don't recognize me as an apostle will never get the gift to flow. It's standing, it's banging against this hard soil. So they won't see the transformation. Jesus was sent to destroy the work of the devil. He's an apostle. He is an apostle. Look at Hebrews chapter three, verse one. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the apostle. No one can be an apostle without the anointing of the apostle. It has to be on the head first before anybody in the body gets it. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, notice, Christ Jesus. Have you noticed when you read your Bible, sometimes you see Jesus, then you see Christ, then you see Jesus Christ, and then you see Christ Jesus. Have you noticed that? It's not by accident. Translate and meditate. Now, when you read it, you'll notice something happening. If you see Jesus Christ, who is Jesus? The man and the anointed one, the Holy Spirit. That is man's relationship to God. When you see Christ, who is that? The anointed one, the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who is that? The man. That's God's relationship to man. What is the anointing going to do in the man? Consider the apostle, the anointed one, Jesus, sent to man. The anointed one, Jesus. God sent to man, the apostle. Now, you can keep reading Hebrews and see what that ministry of the apostle is. I just wanted to identify that Jesus is the apostle. What about the prophet? Remember, Jesus was talking to a woman one day about her life, exposing things that she thought were secret. She says in John chapter 4, verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. He didn't correct her. Why? We couldn't be a prophet unless we have the anointing of the prophet. He is carrying that anointing. So he's apostle, prophet. What about evangelist? Well, we just read it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's, he has anointed me to, to. See, people don't think of Jesus as a preacher. Well, how do you think? How many of you heard some power preaching people? There are some people, man, they preach. They just have to open up. Hallelujah. You know, and then there are anointings in the house. How many of you notice that? You, do you really think there are people that are going to out-preach Jesus? Where's that gift come from? 
You often see where it talks about him, and then he boomed. That's, the, that's my translation. You'll read it, and he, it says he spoke loudly. He addressed the crowd. Hallelujah. You speak to 5,000 people, you better have a voice in you. He didn't have microphones and things. Jesus is a preacher. He's an evangelist. I said he's an evangelist. Everybody say, Jesus is an evangelist. He is the evangelist. Amen. How about a pastor? John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Again, the word pastor is a translation from a word, the same word used for shepherd. It's the same word. Hallelujah. So when you say pastor, Alan, you're talking about the shepherd. Amen. Now, do we have any problems calling a man a pastor? <laughs> no. So then we shouldn't have a problem with apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Why? Because all of those gifts are working together to equip us to do what we need to do. And again, I will never go beyond my ability to receive what God has sent into my life. God gave. God gave. So getting back to the question whether, you know, why do I call myself? I don't call myself anything. It's what is recognized. The giftings are recognized. And they're recognized by peers, by my pastor, by the, the, the body. Are you with me? And so then you, you see the gifting and it's called out. Even Paul didn't just stand up and say, I'm an apostle. He was called by Jesus. And then the elders recognized that. And in a time of prayer and fasting, set him apart and sent him. And when he was sent, then he could say, I'm now a sent one. When using the Greek, he would say, I'm an apostolos. You're getting this. So Jesus is apostle, prophet, evangelist, and he is pastor, the good shepherd. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, it actually says, when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Say that Jesus is the chief shepherd. Now you use the same method of translation. He's the chief pastor. Hallelujah. So no one can be any of these gifts without Jesus first carrying it. And then how about teacher? Mark chapter 4 verse 4. Verse 4. Mark 4 verse 2. <laughs> he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. In fact, you will notice Jesus did more teaching than he did any of the other five. When he went to his hometown and he couldn't do any mighty work there, what did he recognize? There, no one was receiving this power. Why? You can only receive to the level of what you know. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Unless you have the Word on an issue, you have no faith to receive it. So how do you remedy? How do you fix that? Mark chapter 6, verse 6, he marveled because of their unbelief. Then what happened? He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. In a circuit teaching. See, family of God, we ourselves need to make sure that we position ourselves accurately to be able to receive in the kingdom of God. We want to see power. We want to see signs and wonders. We want to see miracles. We want to see a move of God. God right now is releasing revival in the earth. It's happening. And we will see manifestations. You will see signs and wonders. But if we start chasing signs and wonders and miracles and don't take the time to sit down like we're doing this morning, then it just becomes gas and it's just a whole lot of noise and flurry and everybody falls on the floor, laughs and shakes and gets up, walks out the door and carry on living ungodly and not changed in any way. Woo, that was a powerful service. No, if the power of God falls, you will get up different. When the power of God, when Jesus showed up to, to Saul, he changed and became Paul. He went out and turned the world around with the gospel. You have an encounter with God, something changes. But even that same Paul, 
would sit and teach people until midnight where somebody fell out of a window and died in his service. You think at midnight, this is a long church service, and then someone dies, you think, well, maybe we've gone too long. Let's get the guy into the... No, he raises him from the dead and goes right back to teaching. What's he doing? You have to understand this anointing. You have to get a hold of what it is. If you're gonna see power, you have to know who he is, know why he's in your life, and know how you've been transformed. You have to have a place where you're able to sit and hear teaching. Jesus went about teaching, teaching, teaching. Everybody say teaching. Thank God we have teachers in our midst. Luke chapter four, verse 31. He went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Hallelujah. And that's Jesus, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now, he received the Spirit without measure. You can see that in John chapter 3, verse 34. God has sent speaking the words of God for Jesus whom God sent, speaks the words of God for God gives not the spirit by measure unto him. Look at it from the living Bible, explains it better. God's spirit is upon him without measure or limit. He had the full power of the Holy Spirit in one man. Awesome. We today are the body of the anointed one. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse seven. To each one of us, can each one of us put our hand up? Bump your neighbor, say, look at that, there I am again. This is me. Each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of, of the anointed one. The anointing's gift. Each one of us are given a measure according to the anointed one's gift. What's he talking about? None of us carry the full manifestation of the anointed one. Jesus received all of it without measure. But now you didn't get, you know, I didn't get the pastor's arm of the Holy Spirit. And then someone else has got his evangelist foot. No, that's not what happened. We all have the same Holy Spirit. But God has different needs to be met. So in a region, there's a need. Within that region, there's a neighborhood. There's a need within that neighborhood. Within the neighborhood, there's a house that has a need. Within that house, there's an individual. And every level has different manifestations of the anointing. So which manifestation are we talking about? Whatever is needed at that time. That's why the Bible says, desire the best gift. Now you know God doesn't rank His gifts. What's the best gift? It's what's needed for that moment. So right now, even though I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm called as an apostle, sent one, I may be, I may prophesy as a prophet, I may lead people to Jesus and evangelists, but right now, all those are different manifestations, but at this moment in time, teacher is manifesting. So, that gift manifests to a measure. That's why it says God gave some to be apostles. I want you to manifest that gifting in your region. To another, you may be raised as a teacher, but I want you to manifest that in the Bible college. So before that, wherever you go, you might feel like there's, there's just no anointing, whatever. But when you step into the gifting, into the place where it's needed, that anointing shows up and you will see it start to flow because now you step into that gifting, that anointing. Hallelujah. 
So there's different manifestations. If you understand this, then you put aside all competition. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to preach like this one or like that one. Just be you. Who are you? You are put into a certain region. I wish I had a church like that one in Hawaii. You're not in Hawaii. God put you where He put you to be where He sent you. Maybe if I had my church in, in, in Timbuktu or whatever, then it would be better. No, no, you sent to these people. I sent you, sent to those people where God placed you. You don't try and be another man, try and take over some other. No, you are in one place. God put you there. And then if He sends you someone, you go by the anointing. Not just because it sounds like a good idea. You do what He sends you to do. And if you where He sent you, you will see that anointing show up. And it'll, I mean, sometimes I walk over there and who was that? That was no Alan Bag. Why? Because it's Holy Spirit. He gets all the glory, all the glory, all the glory. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All the promises of God in Him are? Yeah, but now is also an answer. No, no, it said all the promises. All the promises. See, the only reason we think we get a no is because we are something that He didn't promise. If we are something He didn't promise, He doesn't give it, that's not no. He just doesn't answer. Because all His promises are, you find something in the Word that He has said, He will, he will back it up with His own name. He exalts His Word higher than His name and He personally oversees His Word to fulfill what He sent it for. Say this, all God's promises are yes and in Him, ahem, amen. To the glory of God. Now, listen to this. He who establishes us with you, how? In Christ and has anointed us in God. Hallelujah. Watch that. He established us with you, who are us, these fivefold, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, has established us with you, how? In this anointing of the anointed one. And he has anointed, everybody say us. That's you. He has anointed us in God. The one that has anointed us is God. Hallelujah. Are you anointed? Yes. Are you anointed? Yes. That same anointing that's in Jesus. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, God's delivered those gifts into your life to dis distribute those gifts as He purposes. That anointing into your life individually. There is an anointing for whatever you need to do. Whatever God's called you to do. He didn't call you to do it in your natural ability. He's given you the Holy Spirit to remind you of what you've been taught. That's what the anointing does. Teaches you everything you need to know, to do everything you need to do to know, and then shows you how to do it. That's the anointing. And whatever gets in your way, destroy that yoke. Hallelujah. 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 You get something this morning? Come on, give Jesus praise for His Word. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Just raise your hand and say, Today I've heard the Word of God. That Word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of the word, I'm also a doer. Thank God for His living word. Thank God for the anointing. The anointed one has entered my life. Holy Spirit, you dwell within me. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus 
is in Jesus, still on Jesus. He is still the anointed one. He's still the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those gifts were given to me to stir up the anointing in my life. Same anointing to remove burdens, to destroy yokes. Whatever I need at that moment, I'm anointed to do it. And I thank God for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Now, get a hold of this. So there are those that are specifically, notice some, not all. Remember Agabus? The word says that he had daughters who prophesied. But then the prophet spoke to Paul. So you can be a prophet and you can prophesy. Not all who prophesy are prophets. But the prophet equips to prophesy. So when you go into your work, don't see yourself as going to work to try and get as much money out your boss as possible. <laughs> see yourself as a apostolos. You are sent. See, the apostle sends you. Go make disciples. So now you draw on the grace of the apostle to be able to do that. And in that, you will see someone who has a need. And you say, God shows me that you're hurting in this area. What's happening? Now you're speaking, you're prophesying. I have a word for you. God sent me to tell you that he loves you and you delivered today. Amen. See, the prophet sent you. Now you're operating in that gifting. And then you lead them to the Lord. See, now the evangelist is at work. And as you lead them to the Lord, you say, you know what? We've got a great home cell on Wednesday. Now the shepherd is bringing the sheep home. You see, and then you say, now, let me tell you what the Word says. I, why does your church do this? Let me tell you why. The Word says, now you're teaching. See, you're operating because you're in the house where the gifts flow. And wherever you are, you don't have to be called out as a pastor. You're operating in those ministries. It's manifestations of the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Thank you, Jesus. 